Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Basically Blind. I'm your host, Avery. This is a podcast where I talk about my experience living with a disability, which is vision loss. Um, And we also dive into topics around diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. I hope everyone is doing great. I'm, you know, as I've mentioned before, I live in Seattle and we have finally hit that point where the weather is starting to get really nice in Seattle. It's still kind of ebbs and flows. Like sometimes there's some gray days. Here's the secret about Seattle if you don't live in Seattle. But when I say this, I, you know, this isn't an invitation to necessarily move here because it's, it's, it's crowded enough with our infrastructure. We need to improve a few things before more people come into the city. Everyone thinks that Seattle is just this gray, dreary, miserable place. And during the winter, that's definitely the case. I don't really mind it because I'm light sensitive and the immense cloud coverage that is very good for me. I'm very similar to the vampires in Twilight where the fact that there's so much cloud coverage is very beneficial to me, much like a vampire. Um, but the summers in Seattle are amazing. It spoils you. Like even when it's dreary and gray, it honestly doesn't get super cold here like it does on the East Coast or in the Midwest. And then the summers, there might be like a week where it's incredibly hot, but the rest of the time, you know, you're sitting maybe in the 80s, the peak of summer, and it's great. I will say though, those those few weeks where sometimes it can get into the 90s and 100s, it can get a little miserable because unlike a lot of places that are used to extreme heat, Most homes in Western Washington are not built with air conditioning. It's becoming something that's a lot more routine that you see, especially in newer builds. But I'm really excited for our townhome that we live in because it's going to be our first summer. We have a deck that has a nice view of the city. And uh, the way that our, our home is built is that there's there's tons of windows and on the main level we could just open up the windows and there would be airflow um on three out of four walls in the main room so i'm just ready for summer and i'm ready to be able to see my friends again i saw a friend a couple weeks ago and we had brunch because we were both vaccinated and it was amazing we went to the farmer's market you know we just did a lot of basic betch things. And for the first time in a long time, it felt a little bit normal. And by this time next week, I will be living in a fully vaccinated household since Cam will have his second Moderna shot finally. So everyone go out there, do your part to help us get back to a point where we can be quote unquote normal. Even though there's a lot of things that I think will not change. A lot of times when it comes down to picking the main topic for a podcast, I have a whole list of things that I want to talk about. And I don't necessarily plan out really far in advance what I'm going to talk about each week. I have an idea and I just see how I'm feeling and 
what's influencing me to feel that way. Um, I've attended a number of trainings in the past couple of weeks, and I'm currently attending Microsoft's Ability Summit, which is fully done virtually. And, you know, I'm hearing multiple people with disabilities talk about their experience. And then I, besides creating podcasts, I'm an avid podcast listener. And one topic that I've had on my list for a while that I haven't done a full episode on kept coming up again and again and again through these different podcasts. So I take that as my hint from the universe that it's time to dive into this topic. And you can probably tell by the title of this episode, but we're talking about privilege. Now, I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding about privilege, and I think part of that comes from just the way that it's used now versus how it was, I'd say, from, honestly, until like the last like five years or so. For the longest time, privilege was used to describe people that maybe have more money than the average person or they have some sort of unique upper hand. For me, when I always thought of the term like, oh, they live a privileged life, my mind automatically goes to Gossip Girl or the OC, you know, those, those people that were part of that 1% that they live in very exclusive areas and their day-to-day life involves having designer everything and going on really nice vacations. And, you know, by the age of 16, owning your own boat and things like that, or if you're Chuck Bass, like inheriting a real estate empire that you build upon and and for me that's that's what i thought privilege was until you know diving into the world of dei and learning that there's there's a lot there's a lot of ways that you can look at privilege and that's one way of using that word but there's a different definition as well one term that's been used a lot especially since last summer is the term white privilege and Part of the misconception when someone says, well, you have white privilege and people will fight back going, I've worked hard for everything that I have. That's, that's not what's in question. No one is questioning the fact that you've worked hard for what you have. When they're talking about privilege within the lens of DE&I, the thing to keep in mind is that it's not saying that you've had some sort of advantage. It's more saying that you haven't had to deal with with certain obstacles. There aren't things, things aren't harder for you because of a specific part of your identity and who you are. And privilege can be applied to a lot more things than just whiteness. But with white privilege, what they're trying to say is that as being a white person, you were born into the an ethnicity group that holds the most power in society. And there's a lot of things that as a white person, you don't have to think about, you know, when you're pulled over by the cops, there's a a lot of things that you don't worry about that 
the BIPOC population would. And just as a reminder, BIPOC is black, indigenous, and people of color. And there's, you know, if your if your name in any way refla- reflects an African American heritage on your resume, you you may not be seen as being as educated or as capable as someone that has the name John Smith or something. You know, it all comes into these conscious and unconscious bias an implicit bias that people hold that since, since you're within the group that holds the power, it's not your problem. You've never had to think about it. You know, you, you don't have to think about the fact that as a white white person, when you put on a band aid, you know, it's made to blend with your skin color. But that's not the case for most people of color. It doesn't blend with their skin color because it's a flesh color that's made to match the color of Caucasian people. You know, you never thought about the fact that when you turn on the TV, that it's hard to find depictions that you can relate to with your life because as a white person most of the programming on network tv that i grew up watching all depicted white families were there exceptions to that rule yeah yeah there was you know there was family matters i grew up watching that there was sister sister there was moesha um there was martin living single but that's just a handful of shows And when you think about like the hundreds of shows that ran on TV within that time frame, and I just listed off like five that I can think of (laughs) off the top of my head, that it's not a fair representation when you look at how much of the population is made up of BIPOC people. But that's specifically white privilege But I also want to make sure that we're taking time to think about just privilege as a whole because everyone has privilege at some level. Men have privilege. It it doesn't matter what your skin color is. You do hold some level of privilege. For example, if you want to go for a run and you're a man, you don't necessarily have to think about specifically the route that you're going to take and if you should have music in and making sure you have pepper spray on you. And that's something that women definitely have to think about. If it's too dark in general, I'm not taking my dog out to go to the bathroom. I That's something that Cam has to do. And in our townhouse, he pretty much always does it because we have a number of steps that lead up to our home and there's no railing. And we actually put in a bid to try to have someone come out because we did get it approved by the HOA to have a railing put in. And we contacted someone and they asked us to take pictures and so they could understand the scope of the job. And pretty much they said, this isn't worth my time. No, thanks. So I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to get my handrail, which would be very helpful to not feel like I'm going to 
trip and die. Um, because of course it's not even just like, oh, there's just three even steps all the way down. There's a step, a long step, and then like two or three shorter steps. So yeah. So, you know, that's, that's something, I mean, that's another privilege right there is that if you have sight, you're, you're privileged in that way. You don't have to think about the different things that could make it harder for Cam. It's not an issue for him to just walk down the steps, take out the dog at whatever hour, since he's, you know, he doesn't have a disability and he is a man. So that doesn't freak him out at all. I've had multiple times where when I lived on my own before Cam and I were together and I had George, I was living in downtown Seattle and there were a few times where I would take George out to go to the bathroom. And one time it was, gosh, it was like two in the morning. He got all worked up and had to go to the bathroom. And I remember being so freaked out because there was this white van that was driving and as it came towards me, it kind of slowed. And so I started walking around the corner uh, so that I wasn't going the same direction as the van. And I just got this really bad gut feeling. And I, and so I was like, okay, you've gone to the bathroom. Let's go inside. So we start walking um, down the ramp to get towards the door. And right as I get towards the door, I see that van pull up and stop directly in front of my building. And I hear someone opening a door to get out. And at that point, I had unlocked the door with the fob. And I I pushed it open and I made sure I slammed it behind me so no one could follow me. But there's been multiple incidents where a car slows or someone seems to be following me and it's incredibly uncomfortable. And that's not something that I think a lot of guys deal with. I also, you know, waiting for a bus or waiting for someone, I honestly can't count the number of times that a guy's harassed me just not leaving me alone or, you know, I had a guy one time when I was waiting for Cam, we would catch the bus after work together. And this was down in Pioneer Square. And I remember we were waiting, I was waiting outside the building for him. And this guy comes up to me and he just starts kind of like talking and I'm being pleasant, but I'm also not overly engaging because like, I don't know this person. I, I don't really want to chat. And And so I'm looking down at my phone. Again, this is a situation where like for me to act like something else is going on, even though I can't see my phone that well, I'm looking down and engaging with my phone. And the, um, this guy is still standing next to me and out of the corner of my eye, which is amazing because I really don't have very good peripheral vision. I kind of see something like it's coming towards me and I turn and it's his hand and he's coming up to like touch my face and I just moved back and he goes, oh, so you can see me. And I didn't know if he 
had caught on that I had low vision or if it was more the fact that he thought I was ignoring him. Either way, I was not happy with this. And if you have kids in the car, like turn this down or turn it off for a second. But I got really mad and I just looked at him. I go, do not fucking touch me. Like, I I don't know you. Don't touch me. Get away from me. And and he was still kind of like bothering me. And then I started like really making a scene at that point. And then he walked away. And then right after he had walked away, Cam came around the corner. So those are things that just, I don't hear stories about really that happening to a lot of guys. I'm sure that there are incidents and, and, you know, I don't want to take away from the fact that there, this is, this is kind of the rule. Of course there are exceptions to the rule, but those are times when, you know, being a man, like you, you have more agency and being able to do things and you don't have to think as much about your surroundings and is it safe for you? Because the truth is, is being a woman, there are a lot of people out there that don't have any qualms about asserting power over you and doing it in a violent manner. And it's very scary. It's very scary. If you haven't seen uh, the movie A Promising Young Woman, it's so good. And there's this scene where um, this guy is being confronted about assaulting someone assaulting a woman and he's like crying he's like oh this is like every guy every guy's worst nightmare is to be accused of something like this and i mean spoiler like he was guilty like he he had done this he's like oh it's every guy's worst nightmare being accused aka it's every guy's worst nightmare getting caught and the main character looks at him and she goes gee well i wonder what every woman's worst nightmare is and it's the idea of being assaulted and it's a real fear. And unfortunately I, I've, I've known a lot of people that have been and, you know, we'll watch documentaries or something and Cam will just be blown away that there are men that act this way. You know, when we watch promising young women, he, he, w- he was just sitting there going, man, I can't believe guys would be like this. I'm like, he goes, this almost, you know, it, it almost seems unreal. And it's like, no, it's, very real guys can definitely be this way you know um i think that there's been a lot of change around that with so much education around consent and what is and isn't okay and i think that that's a very positive change and especially with the me too movement and with it coming to like that no this is something that like a lot of women have had to deal with in their lives um but then, you know, as I talked about briefly, besides just gender, besides race, there's, you know, really, you can look at it from any aspect and there is privilege. I am privileged in the sense that I have a college degree because it opens up more opportunities for me to be able to apply for jobs that aren't open to people who don't have a college degree. It's it's a prerequisite for a whole slew of jobs. I am privileged in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm firmly middle class. Um, and, you know, I have a husband that makes really good money and it, it allows us to have flexibility in our lives. Like we're, we're able to, we don't always have to like cook our own food or eat in. 
you know, today we made the decision to, to order out. And, you know, if we were tight on money, that wouldn't be an option. If we're privileged in the sense that we own a home, Cam and I are privileged in the sense that something that a lot of people can't say, neither one of us have student debt. I had some student debt after having my, um, getting my second degree at WSU, but I, I hate the idea of having to pay interest. And I just, I paid way more than I needed to each month so that I could pay it off within a year. It wasn't a huge amount. I don't want it to sound like I was making tons of money in my first job. I was not far from it, but I had a low enough, um, like overhead for my, my cost of living that I was able to, instead of paying $50 a month, I paid 500. And so I, I, I paid everything off within a year. Um, and, and that's something a lot of people can't say, you know, and we don't have credit card debt either. You know, that in itself is, is a privilege. Um, but then, you know, there's, I, I, I'm privileged in the sense that I identify as the gender I was born as. There's a lot of people that they're born and they feel like they were born into the wrong body, you know, and, and they have to struggle with that for a long time. You know, Bruce, Bruce Jenner is an example of that. Now, Caitlyn Jenner, for a long time, he felt more like a woman. And it took, gosh, I don't, I don't even know how old he is, but, you know, it took decades for him to finally be able to not be Bruce and to become Caitlyn, which for her is her most authentic self. You know, so those are a lot of examples of all the different ways. And when it comes to to ability as well, I kind of touched on that, just in general. I mean, while I don't, well, I'm not privileged when it comes to sight, I'm privileged when it comes to my cognitive abilities and my memory. I'm, I'm privileged in the sense that I, I'm not deaf. I'm privileged in the sense that while it can be harder to get around because of my vision, you know, I, I don't have any sort of a disability that makes it harder for me to actually move my body. You know, I'm not in a wheelchair. I don't need to use a walker, none of those things. So it's something to keep in mind because while I sit here and I do advocate a lot on here around disability and, you know, the inequity that exists within society. It is very important for us to all remember that while we don't have a disability, maybe, or even if we do, there are plenty of ways where there is a privilege that maybe we don't have, that others do, and vice versa. And Here's the thing. Privilege isn't a bad thing. It is what it is. It, it exists. The important part is that when you realize that you have privilege, when you realize that you hold power within society, that you take that privilege and you use it the right way, that you become an ally, that you advocate for other people that don't have that. Because in some way, there's someone near us that has 
a privilege we don't have. And if we're all working together to try to raise each other up, and we're not sitting there trying to game the system with our privilege and just get ahead and leave everyone else in the dust, honestly, we're going to make a lot better society that everyone can enjoy. You know, it goes into accessibility, honestly, with universal design. If we can design a world where everyone is able to be successful and to engage within their surroundings, it benefits the whole. That's the whole idea behind universal design, which is you make it so the the majority of people are able to use it. But then there's always these ripple out effects that work, that work out. So for example, a building may have a ramp on it and the idea behind it is so those in wheelchairs are able to easily access the building. However, people who have strollers are able to easily access the building. Delivery workers that have like a huge shipment that they have on a dolly, they're able to access it. And as someone who has had to do, I think I counted it up in the last 10 years, I've moved something like 11 times. It's, it's boggling. It's really boggling that it makes a huge difference to have a ramp when you're doing a move. Um, as opposed to having to carry everything up and down stairs. So, you know, the ideals behind universal design, it honestly can be applied to really all aspects of life. You know, design it in a way where everyone can participate and everyone can access it. And on the whole, even if you're designing it specifically with one thing in, in mind to make it easier for a certain group, there's a trickle out a point. There's a tri- ripple out, <laughs> a ripple out effect that happens. So, you know, I hope that this was helpful. I hope it cleared up some misconceptions. Just to just to wrap up, privilege. It's not a matter of you having an unfair advantage. It's just a matter of you not having to have specific barriers in front of you. There aren't things that you deal with and it's not necessarily anything conscious. A lot of the time, it's something you're completely unaware of because it's it's just how things have been for you. And if that's how you consider your life to be, that's where the privilege is. You know, it doesn't dawn on people to fully describe every piece on a PowerPoint slide if they're giving it unless they've been told, hey, please make sure that you are describing everything so those with low vision are able to understand what's going on in the presentation. If you have, if you're sighted and you're able to just look at a screen and see a presentation, that's not something that's going to even remotely dawn on you as an issue. It's not going to be an issue until something happens where that privilege is revoked. So just keep that in mind and don't get defensive either. Don't get defensive. If someone says, Hey, you have X privilege, listen to it. That's one thing. People get really defensive. If someone tells them that they have a certain privilege, okay, you have it, leverage it, use it to make the world a better place. So that is privilege. I'm going to hop off my soapbox now. And 
Just remind everyone that to make sure you have subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you like listening to it on, um, if you haven't already, please rate and review so others can find it and join us on social media. Uh, we have Facebook page as well as an Instagram, which is at basically blind pod. And you know, until next time, I'll see you then. Bye.